Welcome to Dragon Talk. We're doing this the clapping every time. I love it. I'm Greg Tito. I'm joined by Shelly Mazzanoble on the beatbox drums <laughs> over there. Soon to be the triangle. Ding. Ding-a-dong-dong. Wait, no, we're not going right into it. Anyway, we're here to not talk. Not time for the bing bong. Not yet. Uh, we have some awesome guests. We have Mark Holmes, Chris Trott, and Katie from Yogscast High Rollers to talk about them coming to the stream of Annihilation. Yay! Yes, June 2nd and June 3rd on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash dnd, starting at 10 a.m. We're going to stream for 12 hours. My God. One day. Close You're it up. Gonna be 10 p.m. on Friday. And then Saturday, June 3rd, we're going to start at 10 a.m., go all the way to 10 p.m. 12 hours, both days. My goodness. We're going to be streaming. Non-stop, Dungeons and Dragons. You've got some announcements. We've got some announcements. I do. We're bringing all kinds of fun groups to Seattle to play at Dungeons and Dragons and uh, rub elbows with some of the best luminaries in the business It's very right exciting. Now. It's a very exciting event. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm kind of excited. I think I'm going to talk about this now. There's actors well, from Hollywood that I've been seeing in things forever coming to the show I just to a, play Dungeons and Dragons. I'm not, I won't say, but I heard a rumor. What is the rumor? About somebody who is coming. What You can tell me. I can't. Whisper it. Matthew Lillard. He's going to be there. No way! Yeah, he's bringing, he's done to the Dragons group. Are you serious? Yeah. His whole group is coming. And one of his, in his group is uh, the guy who played Kubiak in Parker Lewis Can't Lose. Seriously? Yeah. Wait, how have we not had him do stuff before. He's just been like a working actor this whole time and he's, he's apparently like, he's been playing Dungeons and Dragons with This Matt whole time. This whole time. Does he stream his games? No. Okay, they just so it's just they're like home games Is that he going play. to? They're going to uh, like play during with us. the stream. They're going to play. Yeah. They're fine with that. They're going to roll some dice and it's going to be amazing. Oh my god. Do you think he'll sign an autograph for Quinn? For, yes, cuz he's a big fan. Quinn is. Oh, he loves He him. loves SLC Punk. Loves Scream. Totes. <laughs> favorite. <laughs> it's his favorite movie. Yeah. Without a paddle. No, loves one him. of his, loves one of his favorite. You know that Matthew Lillard's in Twin Peaks. He's in the new Twin Peaks. Are thing you on serious? Showtime. Yeah, it's crazy. Do you think he'll tell us stuff about it? Well, if you ask, like secret stuff. Do you think he even knows? Do you think David Lynch even really knows? No. No, it's all I don't made think up. he ever knew. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll ask him all those questions for sure. Oh, that's very exciting. Yeah, and uh, I'm excited to just bring all these people into like one room. I, I talk about it. Is there anyone else that? That you haven't announced well, yet? Well, a former guest of the Dragon Talk podcast, perhaps. Joe Manganello. Oh, is yeah. Is going to be there. Yeah. Yes. Uh, as well as uh, Dylan Sprouse is another former guest He's of ours. coming, too. He's coming, too. Shut up. I'm, I'm trying to get him to Dungeon Master uh, uh, for us. So he might actually do some so uh, some some story spinning. Are all well. these people going to just be, like, hanging out, like, even when they're not? Playing? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's what our whole... There's just going to be like... Green room. I'm calling it the green room, even I'm though it's called bring... the greenhouse. Oh. Because uh, it's huge. It's got tons of lights. We're going to have tables in there. I'm going to bring board cool games. Art. Bring board games. Right. Yeah. I think you got one specific board game you're going to bring. Oh, I'm going to bring it. Can you can you tell? I've heard a rumor about Stop. what it is. I heard a rumor. No, you didn't. You don't know anything. You don't know what I do here. Nobody does. I do. In fact, I do know. It's uh, so cool, though, isn't it? Uh, it is very cool. It's pretty much going to be, uh, it's going to steal the show. I was just going to use those exact words. I don't want to, like, trump your whole event, but. I don't want to trump my whole event, but also Trump SC is coming, uh, a StarCraft player from what? your. He plays a lot of Hearthstone now, but he's coming, too, because he plays Dungeons & Dragons. Maybe that was, like, a weird little 
segue that it I was didn't a crazy even mean segue. to segue. I know. I just saw. I just heard. What the are like people just hearing about the event and then calling you and going, "Can I come?" I mean, basically everyone's coming out of the woodwork to All come right. uh, uh, to this event. It's so if you want to come to the now, it's not open to the public. That is correct. Okay. Yes, it is not open to the public. Um, but it, it is open in that you'll be able to watch it on yes. Twitch. Okay. You'll get all the ins and the outs. We have cameras all over that place that will be showing. Good to know. Uh, everything. Wanna, like, do something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, including Thinking the greenhouse, I'm... including the green area where There's everybody's going to be there. There's cameras in there, too? There's going to be one in there, yes. More. Awkward. I'm just, maybe some details, it might be a 360 camera. 360 degrees going around and around and around. Think about that. I. Think about it. It's got all the degrees. There's not more than 360 degrees. Hi. <laughs> There's no privacy? What? It's not in the stream of knowledge. I guess if you're a streamer, you're just used to that. But exactly. For the rest of us? It will only go to it like to cut like, through. If I just like, like transition go to the food table and I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> like somebody's going to come and be like, Shelly's had six brownies and it's. Two and a half minutes. That's exact, and we're ma- we're doing graphics to figure out how many points each one of oh the, the brownies that Surely you're eating. That's your daily point, right? Yeah, exactly. You just ate in guacamole. The omnipotent. What kind of food we- are you gonna have? Um, it's important. It's, it's I don't know what it is exactly, but it's going to be Breakfast, super high end. Lunch uh, and dinner. Because there's like an in-house caterer at the place that we're doing oh, it. This is the best thing ever. Yeah. Can we just move our offices there? Yeah, I think we can. Okay. Let's do well, it. you and Bar are pretty much moving in there for that weekend. Pretty much. We're going to yeah. be there a long time, starting in uh, uh, just next week. It's next week. No. And by the time you listen to this, it might be happening tomorrow. It's crazy. <gasps> All right. So we have so much to plan and, and get to. Uh, so we're going to uh, uh, move right along with this Dragon Talk episode and go to our segment on lore with Matt Cernet and Chris Perkins. All right, welcome to a segment of Lore You Should Know. Uh, this is the bit where we delve into little pieces of Forgotten Realms and Dungeons and Dragons lore and eke out little lore bombs to give to you uh, to get your brain going uh, and get ways to involve it in your game. I am joined by uh, Mr. Chris Perkins. Hellos. And Mr. Matt Cernet. Hi, ho neighbor. And today we're going to talk about a topic that was actually brought up on a Twitter uh, many times about the uh, stars of the Forgotten Realms as well as what exactly is going on in the cosmos around uh, Abir and Toril. Yeah. Uh, right? Mm. And we might even get into farther reaches Lofty of the topic. Yes. yes. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. <laughs> ha. So, uh, so Matt, uh, start us off. Where, where, uh, what, what stars? What are the stars? Are they actual gas-burning things that we know to be real in our world? Um, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then you heard it, folks. Thank you for the word you should know. So, uh, the uh, it it for the purposes of people on the planet, um, they they have no idea. Pretty much is okay. the answer. I mean, not even elves. Yeah, nobody knows what what the heck they are. Uh, for the sake of the spelljammer campaign setting, certain things have been described. Um, and I I would say to to everyone who's playing D anD D, you know, take spelljammer or or leave it depending upon your want. For those that don't know what Spelljammer is, can you enlighten them quickly? Oh, sure, gosh. Uh, okay, so Spelljammer is a setting that came out uh, in the 80s, and uh, basically it posited a, um, a theory of the material plane where 
the worlds like Greyhawk and Kryn and, and uh, Toril um, are uh, in solar systems uh, like ours, more or less, and those solar systems are contained within um, just epically, titanically sized things called crystal spheres. And uh, those kind of whirl around in the phlogiston, phlogiston, how do you want to pronounce it, Chris? (laughs) (laughs) Help me out here. Uh, It's, uh, you could call it phlogiston. Okay, phlogiston. We'll go with phlogiston. And that is the the conception of space? Uh, It is kind of a a ether, an indescribable, untransportable ether in which the crystal spheres bob around. Um, They're sort of suspended in it. And to get from one crystal sphere, one solar system, to another, you have to find a doorway out of the crystal sphere you're in, mm-hmm. which will take you out into this phlogiston. And then you have to cross the phlogiston expanse and find another crystal sphere and another entrance to enter into that one. And that's how you get from, say, realm space, where the Forgotten Realms planets are, to Kryn space, where the Dragonlance worlds are. Interesting. Right. And, and so it posited sort of this um, environment of, you know, basically spaceships and various D&D races having different types of spaceships. Orcs in space! <laughs> <laughs> well, they're actually, I mean, I don't think we had many orcs. There were Scro. Scro, which yeah. is orcs backward. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Those, so those now clever... you know what we're dealing with with Spelljammer. Yeah. Those clever right. 80s writers. <laughs> yes. Giant space hamsters came out of Spelljammer. That's correct. Um, the, and the, the, mi- gun, the gun-toting hippo men called the GIF came out of Spelljammer. Yeah. There are lots of fantastic and um, and fun things. Neogi come from uh, Spelljammer. The the idea of mind flayers having nautiloids, those crazy ships, comes from Spelljammer. Um, there are some monsters that, that are... Uh, more or less common in D&D now that come from Spelljammer. But so from Crystal Spear, if you're out, uh, say you're on, you know, Toril and you're looking out, right. you're looking out into the, the, the edge of the Crystal Spear or you're looking out into the Phlogiston? So, so if, the, you, if you buy the theory that the solar system is encased within a giant Crystal Sphere, then the stars are on the inside layer of that sphere. Oh, okay. Right. Um, shining back at you, uh, which means, based on that, that every system has its own stars. Yes. Oh. And the, uh, I mean, the stars, I think, in one of the Spelljammer products are described as, like, being incredibly massive gemstone-like yeah. things on the inside of the crystal sphere. Yeah. Um, I mean, the distances are still... Uh, Staggering. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> so vastly enormous. I mean... It, it's weird because it doesn't really make sense, right? Like, where would the light go once it's contained? Like, in, is this crystal sphere absorbing all that light because it's black? Like, what mm. what's actually happening there? But a lot of things in Spelljammer don't make sense. So, for example, um, one of the ideas in the, I think it's the Forgotten Realms version of uh, the crystal spheres, um, because each of the crystal figures have their own uh, takes on what's going on inside them insofar as what their planets are and, like, what, how that relates to their cosmology and all kinds of different things. So I think in the Forgotten Realms one, there's the idea that uh, the spirits that die um, in the year or some previous period end up uh, basically walking around the inside of the crystal sphere, uh, kind of like Hands Across America style, just sort of all 
I, and I don't know why you would you would conceive of that and then put it in a book, but that's the kind of thing that was put into Spelljammer products. Got it. Okay. So that was and that was describing the realm space. Crystal I think sphere. it was the realm space one. And and so uh, there's lots of wacky ideas in Spelljammer, which is part of its charm. And so uh, I, I think for people who are familiar with the Spelljammer, um, it tends to be a love it or hate it kind of a thing. You know, mm-hmm. you, you you either you're okay with all these wacky things and giant space hamsters and yeah. you know tinker gnomes with their you know the the idea of tinker gnomes being in space comes about from the fact that they try to make a ch- chain driven tomato squasher and that propelled them into space somehow. <laughs> so so like I mean there's all kinds of wackiness like that right. and you're either okay with that and you're good with that or you're not and and so if you're not then you have to adopt a different idea of what those stars are and it's probably something more traditional like they are just stars out there somewhere. Right. Right. Know? All right. Well, I. Lo- I mean, I like the idea of something that's that's fantasy and sci-fi blending together. I mean, I think you know, Metamorphosis Alpha has mm-hmm. that yeah. kind of idea yeah. as well. Uh, so it's got yeah. some you know. exactly. And whether you whether you have stars essentially on the inside of the crystal sphere, or they are actually uh, gaseous bodies, celestial bodies, just like the sun, um, in the realms uh, there are constellations that have been identified and recognized. And uh, those constellations do, depending on their orientation, often manifest magical characteristics in the world. Oh, okay. Like, you know, when this constellation and this constellation meet in a certain way, so it looks like they're kind of fighting each other, then maybe there's some magical effect that goes off on the world and sages can track these things and wizards can track these things and harness the alignment of the constellations at, to do things that they can't normally do with the magic that they themselves possess. Mm-hmm. And is that, I mean, what's, what would be the theory behind that? Is it, uh, you know, the goddess of magic that is yeah, involved there, there's in, in there's a There's indications or hints, or it's been written about in novels that Mistra or other gods that have imitated her over the years have, have imbued or allow for these powers. Interesting. Yeah, and so like the the lore on the actual constellations themselves is like what's up there and what people think of as being in the sky and what they call them and that kind of thing yeah. mm-hmm. is really few and far between. There's there's a few novels that talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. There's the Anorak uh, source book from second edition that talks about it. Um, and talks uh, about what the stars, what mean? the constellations are. Yeah. Well, okay. So like there's there's the equivalent of um, the the North Star, basically, and that's that's called Mistress Star Circle, um, and it's sort of a circle of uh, stars up in the the, the north the northern sky, like the, the, like the Pleiades, like a like a like a a bunch of stars together, yeah, a, a cluster, okay. yeah, oh, right. yeah, and uh, you know it has different names depending upon uh, who um, is naming it and that kind of thing, as you would expect in in right different cultures have different yeah. names for it, right. Um, and there's a bunch of others. Well, not a bunch. There's a few others that are that are noted in the lore. There's uh, one called Oroth, which is like a is tied to Oril, um, the goddess of winter. There's the Elf Maid's Tears, the Frost Queen's Throne, um, and wait, that's actually the same thing as Oroth. Hmm. Um, uh, Jassa's Dagger, the Sleepless Nights, the Arrow of the Gods, uh, Lavarandar's Lantern, the Scimitar, uh, Monator's Belt, uh, Eyes of the Watching Woman, the Unicorn, the Gate, Shards of Saloon. And in addition to that, there are um, the Wandering Stars. So there, there are the, uh, the planets 
the, that are out there that are like our planets and are visible sometimes in the sky and kind of track across the the sky depending on the right um, right with know. a different path than the stars do mm-hmm. right stars is, yeah. take their normal slow path and they're just sort of written across the cosmos and then there's these the planets themselves which are uh, mentioned in various source books like Hikatha and um, Kaler and and all these they have different names and then uh, so they're another part of the solar yeah. system of realm space correct. Oh, okay. So, yeah. all right. So, and then how does, how does, I, I didn't realize there were other planets yeah. that were that close to that. So it, is that, is Abir and Toril also part of that or is that? Well, so the Abir Toril thing um, is, there's, there isn't the implication, I don't think, that there is Abir and Toril extant in the same crystal sphere at the same time, okay. unless they're smashed together as they have been at various points in the history of the, the setting. So that so, doesn't happen physically. It happens only between yeah, dimensions. Yeah, it's, sort of of it's sort of a weird magical f- thing that happens when yeah. Ao, the overgod, you know, or some other power kind of steps in and makes crazy things happen. Is Ao the overgod of the other planets in realm space? Yes. <laughs> 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 so it's, 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 inter- it's really weird. So, so there's... there's there is the idea in um, in the novels that Ao is just one of several overgods, and that there are that there's some other power above Ao. So Ao oh. at one point in the novels even goes and talks to some other power basically and says, "Hey, the job's done," right, and, and or something along those lines. Mm. And that um, makes sense to a large degree because. You know, when there's the time of troubles and all these gods are thrown down into the world, um, it's not the case that all the gods are thrown down in the world. It's, it's more or less the human pantheon. You know, the orc pantheon, Grumsh doesn't get thrown down and embodied mm-hmm. as a god on the planet, you mm-hmm. know. Um, like, so it's it's just that group of sort of mostly the human pantheon that that happens to. And there are other human pantheons, like, for example, um, if you go over to Karatur, there's, uh, you know, the whole different celestial order and that kind of a thing that presumably all report up to a different overgod. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's like a feudal system a bit where there's, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's, it's pretty complex and, and uh, very strange, but, I mean, also interesting. I mean, there's just lots of stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. And then each one of those, I mean, depending on which culture, would then identify with different constellations or stars. You know, yeah, they... If, they, they, they d- sort of identify them different ways or whatever. Right. And then there are also um, various, uh, like, comets and that kind of a thing. And, uh, there's a few of those, like a handful, that are maybe one or two even, that are named. Um, but the most uh, well-known one is probably the King Killer Star because that's the one that when it comes by, um, it causes the dragons in the world to go crazy, crazy. and go on a rampage. Yep. Oh, and they actually just go around killing kings. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, is that... Uh, so, I mean, comets brings up the idea of the the way that we conceive space in, in Earth is that, mm-hmm. you know, it's always changing and things are happening and right. you can kind of track. Detritus the, is being blasted from one place in the universe to another and you see this shrapnel flying across in the form of comets. And yeah, but if we're in a closed, you know, crystal sphere. Right. Where do these comets go when they hit the crystal sphere? Exactly. <laughs> or are they just, do they just, just orbit around yeah, it? Zooming or, around and yeah, around. They may be around. caught in an orbit as well. Yeah. What about the calendar? I mean, we talked about that at one point, you know, as far as important holidays and dates and things, but 
can the calendar be tracked by the movement of the stars? Yes. I mean, so so like with any, like with Earth, mm-hmm. you know, there are certain constellations that are visible in the northern hemisphere, certain that are visible in the southern hemisphere. Okay. Uh, the lore that we have is, is um, I think, almost all pertaining to the northern hemisphere because... Yeah, unless we're talking about Zakara. Yeah, because I don't know that we have a lot of information about the constellations that people can see from Zakara. Okay. Uh, so uh, then, you know, also... It's basically a uh, a winter, spring, fall, summer thing because essentially, as the as the planet is moving around through the solar system, um, it's the angle changes just like on Earth. You know, it, well, it doesn't change; it stays the same. But as it as it moves, it's exposed to sort of different angle and so on. Okay, so, so that would work similar to the way our world works. Yeah. So at night, you know, when when it's on in winter, it sees you see different stars, and then you do really in the summer and that kind of a thing. Got it. Okay. So yeah, there is mention in the complete Shire's handbook from second edition of Zakaran constellations, but that's the only reference to that. I see. I see. Um, all right. Well, that's that's interesting. Um, what about uh, war- the warlock packs have a lot of star and lunar type things associated yes, with them. Yes, they do. So. Um, and how you treat those stars is really kind of up up to the dungeon master because uh, a lot of those stars got names in fourth edition, and they were designed to be setting neutral or setting agnostic. I see. So Hadar um, and uh, Kaifon and Zybon and uh, a bunch of the uh, Akamar, um, these other sort of uh, dark stars uh, that exist to give uh, warlock invocations and things colorful names yeah. and to create colorful spell names. Uh, if they if they can be seen from Toril, then uh, that's really up to the DM to decide if they're there or if they only show up at specific times or if only certain people can see them or perceive them. Because uh, they're dark. Right, or they've gone out, they've burned out. Right, um, but you can still feel like their that. presence. Exactly, you can still feel the cold touch of one of these stars on, on a night uh, if, if you've got some sort of connection, some sort of cosmic connection to one of them. Um, so whether or not, uh, like we don't, we don't say you can see Hadar from Kryn, for instance. Right. Um, but, but a dungeon indi- master, but an individual say. DM can say, "Sure, why not?" Right, and, and I, I think you can conceive of that either as, you know, something, well, multiple ways, but something just like a literal star out there that that may or may not be visible because of mystical stuff, uh, or because of the change of the seasons or whatever that kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, or it might be uh, representative of a planet because planets move uh, sort of throughout it's, and sort of the idea of conjunctions of planets and that kind of a thing. And mm-hmm. so, you know, they're visible at different times of the year and so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, but it could be if you're going with Spelljammer and the Crystal Spheres that that is one of those great big gleaming diamond things that's sort of a gateway to the phlogiston, you know, that that's only available or visible at certain times. Mm. You know, it's a and special that be, gateway. Yeah, or and that could be one of the stars you mentioned that has gone out and right. is now a gateway. Or sort of Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy style, it could be some sort of big ego-like being who, or gigantic monster mm-hmm. that's just floating out there in space um, and can make itself look like a star or maybe not. Oh, that's interesting. So out in the, 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 the Phlogistan, uh, yeah. it is... Near enough to the and crystal so, sphere you know, where it can... If, if quote-unquote, Hadar is actually uh, an entity and not just a star, it yeah. can move from crystal sphere to crystal sphere. At, right. 
and it might be something that, that you see up there in the sky. As, yeah. you know, and that, that's pretty cool, too. I'm Speaking of wacky things that are out there in space, uh, <laughs> the realm space has the skull of the void, which is a skull 12 miles high and 10 miles wide, shaped, shaped perfectly like a normal human head. So, so that's just out there, apparently floating in <laughs> space. Like a, like a planet? Yeah. Like, it's, it's, uh, like a satellite. It's just, 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 yeah. you know, skull. Uh, something else floating up there is the Rock of Brawl. Yeah. Which is uh, a floating chunk of rock with a city built on top of it. Oh. Um, populated mostly by humans and uh, various space-traveling races. It's sort of seen as like a spell-jamming nexus point or gathering point or waypoint. Um, but it's quite vast. It's got noble families living up there, the whole shebang. And this is in realm space as well? Uh, uh, it, it was designed to be in realm space but eminently transportable. Got it. Um, it's like this is this is the the, sea, the spacefaring or the phlogiston. Yeah, this is this is like a hub. spaceport essentially. Yeah. Got it. A medieval spaceport. <laughs> I think unsurprisingly, a lot of the planets that are out there in the various um, spaces, the various spheres, suffer from the sort of uh, Star Wars or Star Trek like it, painting it all with the same. Brush, color, right? yeah. <laughs> so, so you know, like Hoth is just ice planet, right? And <laughs> uh, so, you know, you, you get basically a page or two description of these planets, and and they they are often um, really just simple ideas, and sometimes really silly ideas. So, I forget which um, sphere it's in, but one of them is the planet is a desert planet, and it has uh, giant. Uh, golden beetles like really like godzilla sized golden be- beetles crawling around on it mm. uh and tarasks and that's it <laughs> there's the only two <laughs> megafauna that have, were able to evolve yes, yes. and I, I assume the tarask eats the beetles yeah well, maybe, what do the beetles maybe, eat yeah I, I, maybe the beetles eat dead tarasks once they die oh, I don't know yeah. poo. <laughs> it's like the perfect circle of life I don't know what's going on there they're, car- they're beetles they're carrion feeders <laughs> see it makes perfect sense yeah uh, Maybe they eat gold. Who knows? Like it's <laughs> the planet of the Tarasks, however, would be utterly terrifying. Well, I mean, I love I love all these ideas about what how you could conceive of the cosmos of your fantasy world, you know, whatever, and you can pull in some of these from Spelljammer and make those part of your your thing. And and yes, uh, uh, you know, I, it's something that people don't often think about when you're doing the the, the sword and sorcery version of of uh, the Forgotten Realms, but it's. You know, worth thinking about once you get to twentieth or twenty fifth level, or you you know, yes. want to be like, what's out there? What can we explore that's a little mm-hmm. bit different? Uh, that isn't necessarily the fighting with gods or deities or something right. like that, but uh, yeah. explore out there. Exactly. What, what do we do when we found this crashed elithid nautiloid and we can activate it and take it up yeah. into the sky? I mean, there there are. I mean, again, it's really hard to find the lore, but there are bits and bobs of uh, it out there that aren't goofy. You know, with the constellations. So like, yeah. sure. Uh, like Lavarandar's Lantern, um, you know, it's it's a series of uh, stars um, in a constellation, and they're like supposed to be four sisters who were imprisoned by the, uh, the a king who's their father when they became lycanthropes, but then um, like a, an evil nephew basically plunges that cage that they're in in the sea to drown them and to inherit the crown, but this angers Umberly and so she throws them all up there as stars, you know, and, and that kind of a thing. So there's little legends like that that yeah. um, come out. I love that stuff. Because then it, 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 it draws in so many different parts of 
you know, uh, fake culture, you know, like they're like, oh, right. Well, Umberly is one thing that's important to know there. And then the fact that, you know, inheritance and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, like certainly people can um, make up their own versions of constellations and put them in the sky. That I mean, the, the ones that we have on on sort of canonically, there's only maybe a, a dozen or or a little bit more, perhaps. But mm-hmm. and you had mentioned uh, uh, in a previous story, you know, about uh, a loon's tears. Or saloon, yes. Saloon yeah. steers, yes. So the, uh, yeah, when I just really quickly explain that one more time. Yeah, so the, uh, well, gosh, yeah. So the moon around uh, Toral is called uh, saloon by uh, people generally, um, and humans particularly. And it has sort of saloon's tears sort of wafting out behind it as it travels through the night sky. And those are sort of sparkling motes visible from um, the, the ground as you look at the moon. And they are uh, little asteroids, basically, following and trailing after the moon. Uh, There is an idea in um, the grand history of the realms that that was basically created, I think it's the grand history of the realms, but it might be the fourth edition um, player's guide or setting guide. Anyways, uh, that that was basically created when... um, the gods and primordials battled, and one of them tried to sort of summon a uh, primordial tried to summon like this ice planet thing to smash into the world, and it glanced off the moon and so on. I don't. That's one version of the story. Um, there's mm-hmm. also uh, the the idea that Saloon and Shar, um, the moon, goddess of the moon, the goddess of sort of uh, night and the loss are sisters, and they had a, a, a battle at one point in the ancient past, and so the, the idea, I think I, I like the idea a little bit better that that's what that is, that there's some sort of, um, you know... Scars, yeah, detritus well, from yeah, that but, but also just sort of like tears of the goddess, you know, that literally yes. they're called Saloon's Tears, that, that that's some sort of manifestation of sorrow um, from that battle and that loss. So Neat. Is the moon inhabited in, in Forgotten Realms? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you should ask that. <laughs> so um, I believe the Great Flump Empire. Is. <laughs> yes, <laughs> just kidding. Yes. <laughs> so uh, my preferred answer is no, no. <laughs> but uh, according to Realm Space, the answer is yes, and the entire surface of the moon is a giant illusion that hides the fact that it's inhabited. Oh, like completely. Yes, civilized. That it's a yeah. planet, basically yeah. floating around the planet. Oh, yeah. I With any special characteristics other done. than that? Uh, there's people there. They, they they have magic that can hide planets or moons. <laughs> they also have moon babies. <laughs> <laughs> and drink moon juice. <laughs> Excellent. Well, uh, we'll leave that to, up to you, uh, Dungeon Masters out there, if you think uh, Matt Cerna is right or wrong about whether that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I encourage everyone to check out Spelljammer stuff and judge for themselves. Yes. Because there's a lot of fun stuff there, too. Yeah, sure is. I like it a lot. Uh, all right, cool. Uh, Excellent. Thank you guys so much. Uh, as always, it's fun to, to delve into this stuff and uh, uh, inspire people. So thank you for that. Yeah. Right. Thank you. Do I look oh my like gosh. A fly? You do look like a little bit like a fly when you use the yeah. screen popping at you. You know what I had on my leg the other day, just in my house? A fly? I was like, what is that? There's something on my leg. I was like, Ew. it looks like a fly, right? And I look closer and it like jumped. What I'm the? Like, what, it, what is that? Ugh. It was a jumping spider. 
It was what? a tiny jumping spider. It was not crawling. It only like oh, really? leaped. Because it we, leaped. That's what we need in the spider world is a jumping spider. It was a jumping spider <gasps> in Seattle Ew. on my leg. Was it big? No, it was tiny. And that's it what jumped. made it so crazy. It was like a little tiny jumping spider. Where did it jump? I, well, it eventually jumped outside into my garden. Oh, thank God. Yeah. But now he's making more tiny jumping spiders than they're going to overrun the house because they're like, dude, Your house is gonna be it's jumping. so cool in there. They've got so many other bugs that we can eat. Oh, that's awful. Uh, so that was a really good uh, uh, segment on uh, the lure. Uh, and if you listen closely, you might hear some hints about things we might announce, but I'm not going to tell too much about that because we got to get right into the meat of today's episode, which is our interview with Mark Holmes. And Chris Trott and Katie from Rahai Rollers. So let's go listen to them right now. Okay. Hello. Uh, all right. Welcome to Dragon Talk. We have uh, three fine people from the High Rollers joining us. Uh, we have Mark Holmes. Hi. Hello. How goes it? I am very well, thank you. I'm Glad to be back on Dragon Talk, my second appearance. It is. I'm excited. I know. It's like, it's like, almost, soon you're almost a friend of Dragon Talk. <laughs> soon you'll be in the Five Timers Club, but well, uh, we'll get oh, to that soon. Uh, oh. And then we have uh, uh, Chris Trot. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Really good. I'm in pajamas, so really comfortable. Ooh. Us too. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. It was pajamas day. Yeah. It's like a sleepover. <laughs> and oh, Katie. Missed out. Hello, Katie. Hiya, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Hi, Katie. <laughs> yeah, pajamas Katie's gonna are bring great. The we're, we're ready for bed. Yeah, I'm bringing the Scottish to the group here. Oh, oh nice. <laughs> See, there I heard it. Yeah, there, there came the uh, the, the accent. It's, it's a weak <laughs> accent, but it's there. It's there. Excellent. <laughs> well, we're excited for you guys to come to Seattle so you can yeah. uh, uh, partake in our weird accents. <laughs> oh, we're super excited. Really looking forward to it. Well, we've already yeah, given Mark our shopping list, so... Um, oh, yeah. yeah, I was yeah. on the list. I was saying... Uh, I, I just want lion bars. I've slowly been building up a list. You want lion... So Shelly wants lion bars. Greg wants mint arrows and crunchies. And then I've had nice. requests from Satine and Rudy and Mercer and Marisha as well. So we're slowly building up a list of goodie bags to is, bring with us to... Mm. to is it all just candy? Is that all anybody wants is candy? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Candy and I'm snacks gonna, and things oh, like that. Oh, hobnobs, but I actually uh, did find them in a store. So it kind of oh, okay. took the <laughs> it took the thrill out of hobnobs to see them just like at Safeway. Mm. That's I'm not the most exciting. Getting some, getting some Scottish tablet as well. So there's some slight Scottishness for what you is, guys to try. Yeah. Now I've never even had that. What, what, what are those? Just ridiculously sweet. It's basically mostly sugar. Oh, yeah. Sign it's me like up. a baked thing that's, yeah. It, one bite and it'll probably kill you. So it's good. It's good. We'll do it. it I'll do it We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Some iron brew as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Scott, Katie. Yeah, the classic. This is a, a famous Scottish drink. We'll have to try and bring over. Excellent. Is it alcoholic? Good thing, good thing you got that. Permit. No, but it no, can. It's be. like a soda. <laughs> oh, okay. What does it taste like? It's uh, indescribable. It, you can you can't describe it. It's orange. It's just, uh, yeah. You know those little foam candy bananas that you get that kind yeah. of melt on your mouth a little bit? Is it like those they circus use, peanuts? Yeah, they use that banana flavor in it, and it's weird. Interesting. But it's nice. Huh. But it's nice. It's weird, but it's nice. <laughs> it's an acquired yeah. taste. That's how I describe Greg a little. It's, it's definitely an acquired taste, definitely. You're like sure. a soft banana foam soda, Greg. I'm an acquired taste. <laughs> you have so to weird, get to know me. But you're nice. <laughs> oh, that's not true. That's not true. Oh, man. Awesome. So, 
Uh, you guys have been playing. Uh, how long has High Rollers been going on? It's been about a year and a half now, right? Uh, yeah, I think we, well, we started it January last year. Didn't, is that right? Am I being confused here? Back me up if uh, I'm wrong, guys. Mark, I can't I, remember last week. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm it pretty sure January we started it. February. January yeah, because it was. Year. It started pretty much after every uh, December, the Yogscast do something called the Jingle Jam, which is a big. Uh, uh, charity raising event that runs all the way through December. And as part of that, uh, a couple of years ago, I ran something for Chris and his YouTube channel, Hat Films, um, just like a, a different system and running some RPG stuff, and everyone seemed to enjoy it. And at the time, uh, I was running D&D for Chris and a few other friends, and we were watching things like Critical Role, and we just kind of said, you know what, yeah, I'd love to do this, I'd love to do our own version, you know, should we pitch it as something that we should stream? And we just did it as an off-the-cuff thing, thinking, ah, oh, you know, maybe we'll get a few people watching it or whatever, and it'll be quite fun, and we'll just kind of run it as a weekly game. And now a year and a half later and we're being flown out to Seattle and, you know, we've got T-shirts of characters and posters and it's kind of just a bit crazy, really. Like it's just kind of spun out of control. Did you ever imagine that you, uh, uh, you know, uh, if I remember, you, you started playing Dungeons and Dragons when you were uh, pretty young. Is that right? Yeah, I started playing when I was a um, early teenager. Uh, me and some friends from school saved up our, uh, our allowance for to use the US term or our pocket money and mm -hmm. um, we went and bought the third edition starter set and that was what um, started us playing basically uh, and yeah I would have been about maybe 14, 15 when that kind of came out uh, maybe a little bit younger than that Did you ever think you'd be a professional and, uh, no. dungeon master? <laughs> <laughs> I he still, still don't isn't. know if I am a professional dungeon master Yeah exactly yeah these, these guys will tell you I'm a very very unprofessional dungeon master like <laughs> it's like they'll be ready waiting to go before stream are you ready, Mark? No, and I'm shuffling papers and trying to pull minis out of my pockets. <laughs> just trying to find I've them. I've got to keep him uh, grounded, Greg. But I've got to keep him grounded. That makes sense. It's yeah. all going to go to his head. I just like that he's got this miniatures in his pockets. That's pretty good. Wow. <laughs> I hope you remember that before <laughs> you, you sit down. You mean, <laughs> yeah, you, you, guys, you guys don't carry miniatures in your I mean, I do, but I thought I was... Yeah. Oh, okay. So, Chris, have you, had, had <laughs> you yeah, played, like, had you played before you played with Mark? Um, yeah, unfortunately so. Uh, I played a little <laughs> bit with Mark in my private time about like a few months before High Roller started, I'd say, Mark. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of just as I joined the Yogscast. So pretty I'm much pretty like, new um, to D &D three or four compared months. to Mark. Like I'd say a year and a half to two years I've been playing it since fifth edition really uh, mm -hmm. kind of came out and I was like, oh, maybe this is the moment. This is the time where I can finally get into Dungeons and Dragons. And I was seeing things online like... The Yogscast, for example, do Yogs Quest, which is like a heavily edited kind of like very simple system of Dungeons and Dragons. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is cool. And there's people in the office that play this. Surely I can get a game together and, and do this. So I dived in at the deep end and started DMing uh, Minds of Fandelva. And I really loved it. I played with some guys from the office. And then Mark eventually joined for my second campaign, which was way bigger. I think it was uh, Prince of the Apocalypse. Oh, yeah. I did. So mm -hmm. jumped in pretty deep and yeah, really loved it. And then realized that, you know, Mark was a long time D&D player and then High Rollers <laughs> came along and that's when Katie started playing was at yeah. High Rollers itself. Oh, okay. That was your first? First game is High Rollers. So no pressure, just a lot of cameras on your face <laughs> playing for the first time. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Um, no, but. I started because um, I saw Chris DMing uh, Minds of Fandalver and sort of kept asking questions about how he was doing it and got interested. <laughs> and we um, we also watched Critical Role, 
which I think sort of helped the initial, it helped me understand combat a bit better. So I wasn't sort of entirely unaware of what it would be like when we were going into High yeah. Rollers. But yeah, it's my first campaign. So Mark is the first DM that I've ever had. Now, did you know, I mean, <laughs> did you know about you Dungeons and Dragons beforehand or, 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 or yeah, I, I'm curious to think like, I mean, and well, you what too, Chris, it, yeah. What you well, said, you want you can finally get into it. Like, were you thinking about doing that yeah. ahead of time? I've always wanted to get into Dungeons and Dragons. It's just finding the social group mm. and things like that. And I think also with Fifth Edition coming around, that for some reason, and I think also being in an office full of people with the same interests mm. really helped. So we had loads of people that mm. I knew already that were playing Dungeons and Dragons for a long time. I started asking questions, but yeah, since you know I, I was a kid. I knew about Dungeons and Dragons. There was the cartoon, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, and there was lots of, <laughs> you know, just social things going on, articles. And, and I played toys. like the, you know, the pick your own adventure book things as well, which are in a similar vein, but not quite right. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's always been part of my life. I've just never had the chance until two years ago, I'd say. So Oh, sorry, go you on. Because you're, you're a massive fantasy gamer as well, right? Yeah, sorry, Shelley. You, you know, you've always been a big fantasy gamer. Like, you've always loved fantasy novels and books. Oh, and yeah, I think, yeah. you know, in Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. So me coming, you know, you had started playing sort of DMing and I kind of came in and started talking to you about it as like a common interest and then starting getting the hooks in and like, you know, telling you about old <laughs> campaigns the worst and stories for that. And, and also the best, yeah. I'd say. <laughs> He's also the best backseat DM you could ever have. Oh, because so when bad. I was running my game... God. Like and I wasn't certain about a rule. I could just see Mark's face like uh -uh. grimacing. It's like just let me tell you how that actually works. And then, yeah, <laughs> it was great. I learned it's a lot. I, I feel that. so bad about because I even I even did it to Chris without thinking, where I just blurted something out. Like somebody asked a question and I and I felt like, oh God, what am I doing? This is Chris Perkins and I'm backseat DMing. Ah, oh, he's gonna hate me. <laughs> And it's just one of these things where like, I've really had to learn to curb it because I'm just so used to doing it, especially running high rollers and stuff now, where just trying to take that seat back as a player and relax and kind of let it, you know, wash over me and not worry about like, you know, helping somebody. I think that's my biggest thing is always like, you know, if Chris was struggling to remember something, I'd just be like, I want to tell him, but I don't, uh, I'm just holding back really badly. That's a hard skill to learn around the D&D &D table, but yep. an important one. Yeah, absolutely. So, Katie, I'm so, I'm curious still. I how did they get you to play your first game of D and D with cameras in your face? Because I think I'd rather die than do that. <laughs> I can't do that. Um, I don't know. I think because I had I've been around the Yogscast, um, because I've been with Chris for a while. I've sort of been around people who make content online a lot, and I've sort of. I've, I have done some live streams with them at the Jingle Jam, as Mark mentioned, where they raise lots of money for charity. So I've sort of been there before. And like Mark said, we didn't really expect that much to come of it. So the fact that it's come so far and we didn't really expect people to keep keep watching and keep promoting mm. it and getting as far that we had merchandise and everything. So it was sort of, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try it. We'll see how it goes. And then... Yeah, it just became something bigger, and now I'm so glad that I did. Because, yeah, but I did have the interest there initially from watching other streams anyway. But, yeah, mm. it was nerve-wracking first time. Especially, well, you've think... also... Hmm? 
Go on, go on. I was going to say, you also had a background doing theatre and stuff, right, Katie? Because you and me are the same. We're both kind of, oh, no way, really? kind of theatre kids. So you, yeah. Me and Shelley yeah, are yeah. the side of the chops. <laughs> I did kids. study acting, um, but it was, it's been, it'd been a couple of years since I left college up at that point. So hmm. it was kind of had to dust it off a bit. And I think the one thing that um, made me more nervous was sort of going into the campaign having never made a character before. And it felt like it sort of, it took a few streams for me to find who the character was and right. how to play her. Mm. But yeah, that was, I think, the the biggest thing for me to get past. But now I love it. What kind of theater did you do? Because <laughs> that's, Shelley and I also were, uh, were, were theater people back in the day. Theater kids. Theater kids. I like it. Mm. Um, yeah, I did, um, I did an... I did an acting and performance course um, back up in Scotland. It wasn't a huge course. It was only a couple of years, but it was um, sort of, we would just put on the odd play. It was like, I think, two plays a year that we did. So it wasn't huge, but mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it was it was fun. Um, I just didn't keep it going. So this is a good way for me to sort of just delve into it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Keep it fresh. Yeah. So does it make it harder when you... Uh, you know, like you said, going into it, you didn't know that people were going to stick with it or that you would end up where you are now. But does it is it harder? Does it do you get more pressure knowing that there's you have a bigger audience now and more people tuning in every week? I think it's it's very you know encouraging. What I think, like, go on. Sorry. Yeah, it's, it's very encouraging that um, people have been so interested in our game and they like what we do. And it's sort of just trying to at the same mm. time put that out of mind and continue as if it was just a game that we were playing around around our own dinner table or something so that's there's sort of a balance to it I yeah guess. I, I, I think like that's the big thing i've always tried to instill into high rollers is that this is like just our regular weekly D game anyway so mm-hmm. you know we kind of try and play as if the cameras are off and you know even if the cameras weren't there we'd still be doing it every Sunday kind of attitude towards it. And I think like we've had, we've been very lucky in that our audience is incredibly supportive, very creative. So it just kind of fuels it more than anything. Like whenever I see fan art of an NPC that we've created or, you know, people talking about a certain moment and things like that, that kind of gives, it's almost like the telling war stories with other groups right like you know you kind of get enthused about your game a little bit more when you tell people oh yeah and then this happened and then this happened and when you can kind of see those responses coming in kind of waves and comments and, and twitch chat and things like that it really it does enthuse you and it does make you kind of want to keep doing it um and as a dm as, as well especially whenever i get to do those reels or the big cliffhangers in the story and things like that seeing those reactions and seeing the way that people are so invested in that story and these characters that really kind of keeps me kind of like yeah i want to do more want to do more want to do more um i don't know about the other guys but that's definitely the case for me how great there was also the the time when we we went to comic-con last year and that was sort of a a, Mm. that sort of hit me hard is the fact that there were cosplayers for every single one of our characters wow no way that's crazy to see someone dressed as this like moon elf that I've created in my mind and she's Aww. standing in front of me was crazy. Yeah. And it, Did people yeah, recognize you guys when you were just walking around? Yep. Oh. They've started to now. Oh, wow. I mean, like, got, yeah. I get the occasional point of, um, uh, you know, I, I think I had it. It was my first ever time I'd been recognized out in public strange circumstance. I was just walking back from the grocery store carrying, you know, weekly shop of groceries or whatever. And I'm walking 
along and I just see this girl, maybe about 14, 15, kind of dead ahead of me, just stop oh. and look and I'm like what and I'm like looking around like is something going on what's happening and she just comes up and she's like oh my god I'm so sorry you know are you Mark from High Rolls just like oh yeah and she was just like oh I'm a big fan of stuff and it, it was a genuine moment of I just didn't know what to say I was just like oh thank you so much you know it's really lovely and sweet just that moment of she looked at me and I was like oh god what's happened what have like, I done you know, is, is something <laughs> attacking me <laughs> on <laughs> did I talk to her in a past life and I don't Absolutely. remember it yeah very strange sensation really yeah, and that, and even the, what, what Katie you were talking about about having people uh, uh, in the thing that you've been imagining in your head, like dressed as that, like that's that's like Alice in Wonderland level of of, of insanity happening. Yeah, it's yeah, it's crazy. I think we have a lineup picture of all of us with our characters and with Mark in the middle, and it's just the best thing. It's just so cool to see us standing next to our characters. Chris, you had a really oh, good yeah. person cosplaying yours. I did, yeah. It was really yeah. cool. Did you give him any pointers? You're like, oh, you gotta, you know, tighten up the bracers there. Or... Yeah, maybe not the right shade of green, but maybe next time. Yeah. <laughs> Try again. Try bedazzling that a little bit more with some jewels, please. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What you would say. No, they well. they got it perfect. Honestly, better than what I had in my head. So it's really good to see other people's like um, variations on it as well. They kind of take it in their own creative way. It's like, oh, I never would have thought of that before. That's really helped. Like my role play for next week because like they've just done such a good job with like the art or like a story or something like that. It's like they kind of help me infuse my character, make it more third dimensional, I'd say. Yeah. And that's like the nature of Dungeons and Dragons in general too, that like it goes, you know, whatever uh, uh, the company that's publishing it at the time puts it out into the world and then the fans take it and absorb it and change it f for each table. Like each table yeah. has a very, you know, even mm -hmm. if you're playing, you know, there's probably been tens of thousands, if not more, people who have played Tomb of Horrors over the years. Mm -hmm. But each one is a completely mm. different shard of reality that happens. And it's, yeah, I mean, that's basically what's happening. Yeah, and everyone has a unique story, but in something that they can all relate with as well. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and you guys have mentioned how, like, it was uh, uh, seeing other streamers, uh, uh, like Critical Role and other, other groups, that inspired you to do it. And I think that's a big part of why we're bringing everybody together for the stream of Annihilation. Uh, is to kind of really mm. celebrate that idea. Um, I don't think anybody here, you know, at Wizards of the Coast or, or even in general thought that, you know, people watching other people play Dungeons and Dragons would be entertainment. You know, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I think if you try to pitch that 10 years ago, people would be like, well, yeah. you're crazy. Um, yeah. yeah. And now it's taken off to such a, a thing that, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're uh, I, I just want to celebrate that. I'm really thankful that it has taken off as well. I mean, I'm kind of, I kind of saw it coming, if I'm honest, because with what I do, I do a lot of video gaming and people watch me play video games. So it's a very similar thing. Yeah. Uh, let's playing. And just to see Dungeons and Dragons, something that is true interactive storytelling with a bunch of friends, is it feels like a real nice evolution mm -hmm. of that. Uh, having a group of people that really enjoy each other's company, playing a system that's super easy to get into yeah. and super immersive and just wide open with creativity. It's just amazing to see. I'm really glad to be a part of it. So thank you so much for inviting us. Oh, no yeah, problem. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it, I think it's kind of crazy as well seeing the, um, cause it, you know, with D and D we're seeing it with board gaming and just tabletop gaming in general. It's almost like, you know, we kind of seen the rise of, of let's plays and video gaming content on YouTube and Twitch. And now we're kind of seeing the rise of tabletop gaming and board games and RPGs. And it's almost like people are kind of seeing that, that throwback, that callback to a more social activity, you know, because gaming can be quite solitary. Like video gaming can be quite solitary. You may be playing it online, 
you know, but you're not there, you're not doing couch gaming anymore. It's not like local co-op and stuff like that. Whereas to go back to something like D&D, which is friends sat around a table, sharing a story, sharing drinks, sharing laughs together. I think that there's something a little bit voyeuristic that people love to watch about that. It makes them feel very involved. And for a lot of people, and we've seen this with the high rollers community, mm. there are a lot of people who have never felt that they could, you know, get a D and D group together because they don't have any friends that live nearby or they, you know, they've, they, their friends aren't interested in stuff like that. So watching games like D and D games, whether it's high rollers or misclicks or critical role or DCA or whatever it is, it's an opportunity for them to be part of it without have, you know, without the, the kind of having to organize it themselves. They kind of feel, you know, a part of the crew, part of the table, you know, and I think that that's kind of really special and something that not a lot of other genres, not a lot of the, a lot of other activities can really provide, you know, and the same goes with board gaming as well. I kind of know just that that's definitely kind of starting to see that rise now as well. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Exactly. And um, so yeah, we have the, the the stream of annihilation coming up. Is there any? I mean, you mentioned a few of those groups uh, and uh, how you've been in touch with like Marisha and Matt uh, from mm. uh, Critical Role. Um, but are there any groups that you uh, that you know that we've announced that you're uh, excited to meet and kind of rub elbows with? Can we just say all of them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes, you can. It's a very very uh, politician answer there, Chris Trot. Just like I'm yeah. just really happy to be here and see everybody uh, kiss all the babies to it um, <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly i think like i i'm really personally excited to see the dca crew because obviously chris and i got to do some guest spots during the curse of strad um so we've kind of i've played a little bit with them um like i said played a little bit with chris and anna and holly and, and nate and, and jared and that so it'll be really awesome to get to see some of those guys in person because i've never actually got to chat to them in real life before so i'm, I'm pretty excited about that uh i would say it'll be fun to see matt Admiration and those guys, but I see them all the time. I've I've known Matt <laughs> since he was a wee boy, so no, not since he's older than me. But uh, yeah, we've we've had some fun times together. He was actually he's kind of a, an old friend of mine because he used to come to a lot of um, anime conventions here in the UK as a guest. Oh no and, way! Uh, and that's kind of how I got to know him. I've known him for about ten years now. Oh, that's crazy. Um, and I used to be his like guest liaison, so I would take him around these UK events and kind of look after him and uh, help get him to some of them as a case and get him invited. As a guest, so we've kind of had some some dodgy stories. I'm I've told uh, Trot and Katie about the time that I was sick all over his shoes, and he yeah, nursed me. You, he took me back to my sure hotel. Was you looking after him? What? Sure it wasn't the other way around. <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> it definitely wasn't. So the conventions in the UK, because uh, we do like a little bit of a tipple uh, in the in the United Kingdom, uh, tend to get quite messy. And uh, yeah, we went out. <laughs> drinking one night and uh i got very very poorly and matt ca basically carried me back to my room uh, and then looked after me while i puked up into the toilet okay. and then i had to take him to a panel at like 9 a.m the next morning and i wasn't oh my God. very happy about it that's okay. so awesome <laughs> that like the caretaker had to become you know the, the caretaker for. Yeah. <laughs> isn't right. this the same guy He's that was asking more. if there's alcohol at our event <laughs> 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 no, no. I've learned my lesson, Shelley. Don't worry. I've Note to self. A long keep... time ago. Where are they staying? I you know, close to American, the studio. American beers can have a much higher alcohol content than British beers. Yeah, so. you got to stay away from those IPAs. <laughs> uh, well, considering that my, my drink of choice is uh, a Long Island iced tea, yeah. Don't Whoa. give them that. I, I'm them. kind of aware of my... Don't give now. them that. <laughs> we'll just give them a nest tea. We'll just have like, Matt walk him back <laughs> yeah. to his hotel. Yeah. If you ever want Long Island iced tea, but just give him iced tea. Yeah, yeah exactly. That, that's a Seattle iced tea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, have you guys been to Seattle before? I've um, been there for three days. Oh. Um, on a different kind of trip, 
and I was dressed up as a steampunk guy. It's a long story, but I had like probably the best weather of the year because oh. it was blue sky, super hot, which I think is unheard of in Seattle. Um, that often. Very similar to English weather, right? Yeah, where it's like 20, 20 days a year. Dismal and depressing? Yes. <laughs> Very similar, yeah. yeah. Overcast. Yes, no, that's exactly rainy. what English weather is, yeah. Yep. Yeah, we're depressed just like you guys. Yeah, you'll fit right in. You have so much in common. <laughs> <laughs> so now I want to hear about the steampunk. Uh, I know. Uh, was it a convention or was it for PAX? Or what, just what? because you thought that's how it people was, um, in Seattle dressed? I was just, I, yeah, I thought, you know, that's how Seattle people are, right? It's the, the Emerald City. Right. Kind of <laughs> that was uh, simply a YouTube thing because I do YouTube as well as my main job. Um, we were invited out to do go-karting and be steampunk themed for Seattle for some reason. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Nope. That wonderful weird thing. YouTube. That did not clear any of up my nope, questions. So like we'll move more on. To that story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's so good. Uh, so how did you meet Rudy and Satine? Because you mentioned them as well. You're shopping for them too. Yeah, well I So I met Satine. I got to I got invited to Los Angeles to the Geek and Sundry Studios to do a show all about GMing um, and sort of uh, they call it Roundtable where a bunch of they got again a bunch of streamers or, or DMs for shows just to talk about you know various topics and things like that and they, I was very lucky enough and fortunate enough to be invited down as a guest for that so I got to there and uh, I just got to meet Satine she was another one of the guests we got chatting we got on she shares my love of Eberron oh yeah yeah. And uh, when I happened to mention the tradition, uh, I just happened to put a tweet out kind of saying like, oh, does anybody want anything? And bring Welsh cakes, Welsh cakes. I need them. Um, and she's just like this very lovely, super energetic person. I think we just kind of, you know, got on really well uh, uh, from that kind of point. So it was kind of one of those just chance meetings, I guess. And yeah. it's kind of strange that all of these worlds just seem to be merging and colliding. Um, it's just coming together. I should also point out, I'm very much looking forward to coming out and, and actually meeting Greg, because we've spoken for the last year and a half now or something, isn't it, Greg? And like we've never met yeah. face to face, so that would be quite nice. Exactly. Yeah, well, it's been a long time because uh, we've uh, been talking about secret plots. I know, and you guys, plot. you guys were talking about uh, uh, Princess of the Apocalypse, and that's actually when I got at Wizards, and I think we might have, you know, kind of tried to touch yeah. base around then too. So it has been a long time coming. Mm-hmm. I've been working on, uh, 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 you know, the little streaming empire that we've got going on here uh, for Dungeons and Dragons. For Starting your own TV channel. For stream, I know, <laughs> right? It's a, it's a UHF channel. We're doing it. You're like Ted Turner. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying. So, yeah, no, I mean, I, it's going to be uh, super fun. I think we're going to have a, uh, um, you know, in addition to the, the broadcast studio where we're going to be uh, – Streaming all the games that you guys will be playing, uh, uh, and we should get to that too. Where we, yeah, maybe yeah. we can talk a little bit about, uh, without giving anything away, about yeah. what uh, is coming then. But um, we're going to have a whole green room area that's going to be set up with tables and food and drink. And uh, so, instead of it just being a uh, you know uh, a show, it's going to have this whole other kind of mini convention feel. At least that's what I'm. That's what we're aiming for. Oh, perfect! So you guys will be able to. Amazing! Sounds so good. Yeah. Mm, sounds fun. So, uh, so yeah, what can you tell us about uh, uh, bring Uncharted Territory? I think that's about everything that we've told people so far uh, is, is, is the name of, of the yeah. weekly show that you guys are going to do this summer. I will, I'll give a little bit of an intro and then I'll let uh, Katie and Chuck talk about their characters because I think that they've got some cool characters. Um, so Uncharted Territory is, uh, I want to make sure, like, if I ever say anything, just, like, yell cut at me or something, Greg. And be like, cut that, cut that, can't have that. Cut it, there. cut it. 
Is that good? Uh, can, can I handle? Uh, <laughs> so Uncharted Territory is kind of, I kind of see it as a, as a kind of high rollers spin-off. It's a brand new set of characters set in the world of the new story that we'll be talking about on this. <laughs> the Forgotten Realms. That way, uh, where the Forgotten Realms, okay, we can say that it is in the Forgotten Realms. Uh, regular high rollers campaign is, is a homebrew campaign setting. This is actually going to be set in the Forgotten Realms. All the characters are going to be playing brand new characters. And the, the kind of inspiration for it comes from uh, when I was first contacted by Greg and kind of told about what it was going to be around and, you know, g- given a little bit of a story brief. What I really latched on to was the idea of this kind of Indiana Jones, Tomb Raider uh, adventure. And I'm a huge fan of the series there. Uncharted 2 is one of my favorite games of all time. And I loved the idea of kind of having a, you know, focused series which kind of details this group of uh i I believe that i've made them all members of the waterdeep historical society which is a front for a group of treasure hunters mercenaries scholars uh pirates uh who all share information and hire each after ancient relics and, and hidden treasures and things like that and all the party members are a member of this group and it is their kind of quest in pursuit of a certain thing um and to discover the secret of a certain location uh, which will i'm sure we'll reveal more later on mm-hmm. and it's going to be very much around the, the kind of themes of, of uncharted so you're going to uh, action adventure there's going to be a lot of exploration and a uh, you know daring day and unusual npcs and things like and the idea behind it all a kind of indiana jones uncharted style race for treasure so uh, your audio went out a lot during that. It was like you were deliberately keeping things from us. No. It's going to have things like, and, <laughs> and super. And, and this. Oh, I'm so sorry. I can go through it wrong. It, in some ways, I, I actually kind of like that because uh, uh, it doesn't give anything away and the audience may may want to tune in to Stream of Annihilation to learn more. So I'll, Yes, uh, we'll, fill in those blanks. We'll leave it as yep. is. But I'd love to hear uh, from, from uh, Chris and Katie about their characters. Go ahead, Katie. Yes. Oh, okay. It's all you now. <laughs> um, so I'm going to be playing um, a half-elf, um, a street urchin, actually, called Fia. Um, Fia is, uh, yeah, she's grown up on the streets, a bit rough. And basically, we had this idea that she would sort of have a bit more of a relationship with Matt's character, Matt, who is going to be part of Uncharted Territory. Um, he is playing Sir Cromsby Regnus Dolnum the Third, long name, but basically this um, this wheeler dealer dwarf who's a bit dodgy dealings, and he hired her basically because he's lazy and doesn't really want to do anything himself. So Fia's sort of the 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 help that doesn't really mind stealing things. Um, she's not really had a lot mm-hmm. of money in her life. She's grown up on the streets, so she's um, she's in it for the money and not much else really. So she doesn't tend to care. She would, she doesn't care if something has a nice story to it or if it's really historic. It has lots of historical value. She she doesn't care if it's worth money. She'll have that. Those are good motivations. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, Chris. What about yeah, your character? That, yeah. So when I went to Mark and said, <laughs> you know, we had to make a character and it's got to be really cool, I thought, what better than a tabaxi, a big cat person? So I went with that. <laughs> also because I love their names as well. So I went with Six Frisky Flames, which is, I just and love that's that. that's going to be his voice. <laughs> yes, Six Frisky Flames. And he's and very six, mysterious. 
and he has a lot of passion for treasures especially the stories behind those treasures so the complete opposite of fear (laughs) who doesn't give you don't care at all about these things um i care very much about oh how does it work well who put this here and like all the different like why everything i need to know everything i need to absorb knowledge and i'm super super mysterious i have an eye which is a ruby I, I don't have to explain why. I'm not going to. So. <laughs> he really wants to steal it. So. Oh, well, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. And he's also a sorcerer as well, a phoenix sorcerer Ooh. from the Sword Coasts book. Yeah. So Ooh, very fiery that. as that well. From, a fiery it's temple. from Earth Arcana. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Earth Arcana. There we go. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> there's that, there's that Dungeon Master you. voice in there. He's like, That's no, no, no. The, you've got it, it wrong. You've got the wrong yeah. thing. Well, look, I just don't just, want, you know, I don't want people you know going like technically it's from an arcana or you know poor mike you know or jeremy kind of being like oh that, that was actually an arcana <laughs> um so you know but yeah so i think like and we've got uh we've got quite a lot of um i think like six is definitely because he's also into the magical side of things because the sorcerer we've kind of kind of covered a lot of the bases really you've kind of got the thief who's after the gold you've kind of got the sorcerer who's kind of interested in the story and sort of the secrets of things the other characters that we have include uh i can never pronounce her names but kim's character kayla i think her name is uh is the half-orc barbarian but she's also an archaeologist so she's actually there to kind of discover these the the lost civilizations and the cultures and things like that and she basically described that she wanted to be Worf the archaeologist uh, so that's kind of like where she's Aww, going with. i like um, that michael so dorn kind of, kind of, yeah yeah it's kind of a gentle honorable warrior but who, who loves history basically and then yes as katie mentioned we have uh, sir cromsby the dwarven bard who is a sort of uh, wheeler dealer, loves to get make loads of money and deals in dodgy antiquities, basically. And that's going to be our, our little cast. Uh, populated with a bunch of NPCs as well. So you might see some uh, some other familiar faces tagging along with them as well, along from time to time. Very neat. Mm-hmm. Very neat. I got to be honest. I think Greg and I are going to be at a new D&D game starting up. I might, mm. might want to be a tabaxi. Whoa! <laughs> it's the in thing right now. I know. I was just googling yeah. a little bit when you were talking. <laughs> Don't. Hopefully put, do make sure safe search is on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do not. Do not Google cat person. Cat uh, person. D and D. Yeah. Let's see what that comes up. I think. So is there going to be lots of? Go ahead. Sorry, Mark. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I remember when we were talking about characters, because Chris was kind of umming and ahhing about what he wanted to play, and I had Volo's Guide, just, I, I happened to have it at my desk at the time after following a High Roller session, and I said, oh, you know, there's some extra races in, in Volo's Guide, we could have a look at those, <laughs> and I just flicked through it, and I was like thinking, what might he be interested in, and I saw, I just turned the book around, and I went, do you want to be a cat person, and his eyes <laughs> went wide, and a big grin appeared on his face. He was like, "Yes, I do want to be a cat person." I do too now, Greg. You'd be one too. We can be from the same litter. We can be cat people. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh brother and sister, yes! or like two two siblings. I'm in. All I'm right. in. Yeah. I, love I think Chris. Chris is. <laughs> I'm in. I'm being in. like Nathan Drake to cat person within like 0.5 seconds as soon as Mark said that. I blame the artist that did yeah. the tabaxi in Volo's Guide because it is enrapturing. Yeah. Is it, I wanted to be that immediately. <laughs> okay. That's I'm awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure and tell him. You inspired, it's you inspired a Randy Cat. 
You really did. There's Frisky in the name as well. So. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I assumed. I mean, maybe just from your voice that he was going to be, uh, 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 you know, like a Pepe Le Pew kind of a character. A randy dandy. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely some of that influence. It's a bit, yeah, he's got like a little bit of Khajiit from Skyrim in him as well. Isn't he just like ah yes? I did hear that. Yep. Yeah, you got some some sco- sc- scoot. Is that what it's called? The the drug that they sell? Skooma. 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 That's it. Skooma. That's it. Maybe you have to come <laughs> no, up no. with your own in canon uh, uh, t- narcotic that the tabaxi like. I shall. Oh yeah, we can definitely do thorough that. research. Nice. I'll ask Matt Cernan <laughs> to see if he can if there's yeah, been anything like that. We're gonna have to that. do some lore on this. <laughs> Awesome. Well, guys, it sounds like a really exciting show, and it's going to be uh, on the Yogscast channel and the Dungeons and Dragons channel, uh, I believe. Yep. We haven't exactly figured out what time of day it'll be uh, on a weekly thing, but you'll be able to check that out at the stream of Annihilation, for sure. June second and June third, and I can't wait to see you guys there in Seattle. Absolutely, can't in wait person. to come and meet in you guys. costume as a kitty. Hey, oh my God, are, are you guys? Are you going to bring a kitty costume? We could we can I, make that happen, couldn't I we, mean, Chris? I feel like every time you come to Seattle now, you you need to have a costume on. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll work on my Tabaxi costume. All right. Yeah, I will. Awesome. <laughs> is it hot right now? Yeah, right now it is. I'll it bring is. some fans. But who knows? <laughs> so uh, so uh, where can people learn more about uh, uh, High Rollers as well as uh, you know the uh, uh, Yogscast? Uh, Katie, do you want to do social media stuff? As you are our social media queen. Ooh. Ooh. Queen. Ooh. Upgrade. Um, <laughs> so on Twitter, we are at High Rollers D&D. Um, and we also have a Facebook page now. So you can follow us on Facebook at D&D High Rollers because the other way was taken. <laughs> so, yeah, we got those. Um, we do also have our pinned tweet at the moment is about the stream of annihilation. So you can read a about Uncharted Territory there, which has a description mm-hmm. of all of our characters and also the lovely artwork of our characters. And yep. a whole playlist of a year by of High Rollers yeah. is on youtube.com slash yogslive. There's a playlist there with all our stuff yep. if you want to see what we're up to. And if you'd like to come and check out our regular campaign, our kind of custom campaign, that's every Sunday at 5 p.m. British time. So BST currently or GMT, depending on which time zone uh, that we're currently in. And that is on twitch.tv forward slash Yogscast. And that's pretty much every Sunday at that time. Uh, We're currently working our way through custom campaign, custom world. I think you guys just hit level 10. And we kind of got some exciting story stuff coming there. And as as Chris said, we've got a bunch of... (laughs) Yeah, Katie's got her elemental form as it is. That's and then, me. yeah, and you can watch us. Yeah, like I said, all of the all of the previous episodes are on uh, Yogs Live in a, in a big playlist. Uh, there's what forty five episodes there now, so there's plenty of stuff to catch up on if you have any D and D to watch. Awesome. Well, thanks you guys uh, for coming in. I know it's super late there, so thank you for doing this. And uh, I again can't wait to see you guys in, in a couple of weeks. Yeah, we can't wait. Thank Fantastic. you very much. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Thank you, thank you guys. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Oh, man. I can't wait to meet uh, all those fine folks face-to-face. I know. That's going to be really fun. It's going to be really cool. It's like a little just love fest. Yeah. Mark's right. We've been talking like for a long, long time. Never met face-to-face. It's crazy. He knows <laughs> Matt Mercer. I can't wait to... Yeah. I know. I didn't realize there was a history there. I, I thought know. that they met just from the streaming world, but no, it was about puking on his shoes. I feel like now I want to like... Uh, uh, 
troll one or both of them and have uh, uh, like Matt be the handler for for oh, Mark. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, we'll do that. Okay. All right. And give him some. Hopefully, Long he's Island not listening to the end of this, so he no. won't, the joke he's won't be. Not ruined. listening to it at all. <laughs> Who listens to podcasts? Not, not me. <laughs> <laughs> Who listens to podcasts? Is anyone? Nobody does. Is that a thing? <laughs> Are you channeling your mom there too? Is that, Nobody you does that, wait, really. You wait. So you don't make the games? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't design this. You're like, mom, please. Mom. Trying, trying your hardest. Uh, is is your mom gonna watch the stream of Annihilation? Well, yeah, probably if she knows when I'm gonna be on it. Nice. Yeah, she'll probably make comments. Yeah, tune in. I like your haircut. <laughs> Which I am getting my haircut Pro- like seconds before you have me on Friday. Wait, really? Yeah. See, I like to do it like a week beforehand. So no, like- but I'm doing it so because it'll be styled. Like she'll actually like flat iron oh. it and comb it. Well, it's just more than I can. Do. I guess it's different if you're a lady. But for me, because I don't like it. I, I hate getting a haircut and yeah, then going the right into. Yeah, I gotta have the grow out. No, I have to have it like, and then I have to sleep standing up that night. <laughs> because oh, like I'll a be horse. Back on Saturday, like Fury. <gasps> <laughs> no. <laughs> you know what? Fury doesn't sleep standing up. I bet he slept upside down. Oh, I thought it was just. I thought it was just. Fury doesn't sleep. Period. Fury doesn't sleep. It's oh, always watching. It's like a good senorita. name for my upcoming memoir. Fury. <laughs> <laughs> or a lifetime television for women movie. Confessions of a fury being stalked person. Yep. I lost it's still it. happening. I lost it. It's still happening. By it's still the way. happening. Still. No bueno. No. Uh, anyway, haircut. Mouth. Tune Mui in mouth. to see my haircut. Tune in to see Shelly's styling. Mm-mm. It's going to be amazing. Yep. All right. Well, once again, June 2nd, June 3rd, stream of Annihilation. We're going to have 12 hours, both days. Crazy. Lots of games being played by lots of fantastic groups, some of which you've met on this show over the last few weeks, and some you will meet in upcoming weeks. And if you want to find out anything about uh, Stream of Annihilation or Dungeons & Dragons in general, you can go to DungeonsAndDragons.com. Stream of Annihilation should be up there on the front page, so go click on that. You'll learn about all these amazing groups, including the High Rollers and uh, their awesome uh, cat drawings. Actually, they've got great character art for all their characters already. It looks pretty sweet. Uh, So go check that out. Uh, Shelly, where can they find out about you on the Twitters? At Shelly Moo. Oh, that's you? That's me. That's pretty easy. That's right. I'm at Greg Tito. That's even easier. Easier. Yeah. Less characters. Yep. But more character, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Good one. (laughs) If you want to find out uh, stuff from our official Wizards of the Coast Dungeons & Dragons Twitter feed, it is at Wizards underscore DND. And you should go now to twitch.tv slash DND. Not the and, but the N, you know, DND. And uh, give us a follow, and uh, you'll get updated for when we're starting our stream of Annihilation. Very cool. Awesome. You guys are all the best. We'll see you next week. Yeah. Goodbye. Goodbye. Forever. No, not forever. Just till next week. <gasps> oh, there goes Greg. I'm, I'm dead. I'm dead too. <laughs> Ryan is killing us right now.